0: Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Fintech Insider Insights, recorded live at XeroCon 2018 at London's Excel. David and I had the pleasure of hosting a live show at the end of the conference to kick off the after party, And during the conference, I spoke to some great interviewees about their XeroCon experience, the relationship between SMBs and accountants, and much, much more. Let's hear from them now, kicking off with 0 co-founder and UK CEO Gary Turner. So I'm now here with Gary Turner, who is co-founder and MD at Zero. How are you today?
1: I'm uh, feeling really good. I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that uh, uh, I, I did the opening keynote this morning at XeroCon and walked out on stage to 3,000 people, which is incredible, who... Who would have thought that uh, back returns could be that interesting? Amazing.
0: You know, I've talked about this with a few people this morning, but the energy here is unbelievable for for what is essentially an awful lot of accountants. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, I mean, how does that make you feel, like, knowing that you've managed to create this?
1: It's actually really quite humbling, you know what I mean? I think we feel like there's something about this time and about where technology is and about what people have been accustomed to using... And there's a real sense of change and hunger for change, and the people that come to Xerocon are right at the front end of that. Um, I mean, so, so there are industry events in all industries, and the accounting industry is no different. And I think we can all imagine pretty quickly what a stereotypical accounting industry <laughs> event might be like: like kind of stale muffins, hard cookies, not very good coffee. Suits. And then suits and somebody talking for an hour and a half about IFRS standard changes you know what I mean and and, and as much as that 's kind of what defined the accounting industry at least stereotypically, there are many many thousands of accountants it turns out that want to do something a little bit different and so we have been incredibly fortunate to build a product that has captured the imagination of not only the over 300,000 small businesses now that we have in the UK using Xero, but the accounting community that's so integral to that audience. And they love it. And they, and they actually, we have a party at every XeroCon, the party's tonight. And remember, if last year's anything to go by, this evening will be the same. I, I remember accountants feeling rather guilty and embarrassed that they were enjoying themselves too much. Because they shouldn't enjoy themselves yeah. at an accounting event.
0: That's, that's a sad state of affairs. I, I wasn't here last year, but I did see the pictures of the party, and it looked amazing. Um, and on that note, I mean, you've been doing Zero Can what seven or eight years? No. This is
1: our sixth. So Six we year. started okay. in twenty twelve, um, and we thought, well, what if we what if we did like a little event? Maybe some people might come along to that. And so we did the very first one. And it was like we had no idea. We thought, well, maybe 50 people might show up or maybe nobody will show up. And and we were really blown away just as we were going. We had 200 people came along. And you have to pay. It's not like a free yeah. event. You have to pay. And that's always a bit nerve, nerve-wracking that will people actually pay and come. And since 2012, it's gone from 200 to 400 to 800. And in the last couple of years, we've been well into the thousands. So we had 2,000 here in 2017. And we have 50% more, over 1,000 more this year, which is, again, crazy. So um, I think we're, we run the risk of running out of venues pretty soon, <laughs> I and mean, we need to do the O2 next.
0: Well, I mean, this is amazing. So for, for people who aren't here, um, you actually have two halls at the XL. So when I came in, I couldn't find the main stage, and somebody was like, oh, it's the other hall. Yeah. So that's, that's astounding. That is crazy. I mean, and, and obviously, aside from the number of people, what, what are the main changes you've seen over, over the time you've been doing this event?
1: Um, I think uh, when we got going, I mean, so I think back like nine, ten years ago, um, I mean, so nine, ten years ago, uh, you, you could like take a random sample of the people here today and there were people like that. They were just in the minority. You know what I mean? So the 5% freaks and weirdos that got <laughs> this stuff before everybody else did. Yeah. Um, and so I think what's changed is like more and more people get it. Um, when we got going the conversations were like, oh my God, why would I put my financial information on the internet? Surely that's not safe. And nobody asks that anymore. I think people have become much more accustomed to cloud technology. I think, I I mean, we've obviously tried to help people get comfortable with it, but I think actually people having photos on iCloud or Google Photos and Netflix and Spotify, and I think actually they've done a great job in helping us. Acclimatize and, and habituate more and more people, in, in and even in a consumer kind of context, and I think well, this cloud thing's actually okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it, is safe. it I is safe. can use it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so I think that's helped. And so therefore, the people that come to Zerocon in 2018 are similar to the the, the, the early adopters in in, in in 2012. Many more of them, and there are probably altogether more sophisticated now. Uh, and and there is there is no doubt that the cloud and cloud and modern integrated apps is the future. Maybe 10 years ago, it was like, well, will that ever take off? Nobody's asking that question anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I was going to say as well, with that... um, that sort of um, acceptance of, of the internet and cloud technology it actually opens up you to support many other op- more partner businesses, because there's some super- seriously exciting businesses around here today. Um, you know, how, how important is that ecosystem t- to you? I mean, how you started building that out, presumably, like that's kind of at the heart of what you do, I'm guessing.
1: It, it, it is. I have to say, do you know what, I, I don't think we ever envisaged it would grow to the scale that it has. Um, and we could always say, oh, we knew and always do this, <laughs> but we, I don't think we, we did. I think when, we, when we, we knew that we had to have an API, we knew that contemporary digital experiences and platforms were defined by a number of things, but not least you had to have a great and open API and lots of documentation, because that's just how you should do that. And so, there, therefore, we've always had a great API and a great developer experience around Xero. And, and And I remember when we had 10 apps... And that was kind of pretty cool and then uh, and then it became fifty and then it became a hundred and, and now we have getting on oh seven hundred and fifty or something wow. like that. It's insane. Um and, and I think that's probably taken us a little bit by surprise, but you could map it back. We've got a great API, we have a very open culture, we don't charge you to kind of develop against zero. Uh, we've got some great developer resources. We just want to make it easy for you to do that. Um, and and we've just seen some incredible um, partnerships emerge out of that. I mean, some of the people that we've, we have here that we're announcing deeper integrations with, so Go Cardless, we've got Revolut, TransferWise, Tide, Starling. All those guys are here. The
2: fintech superstars,
0: Absolutely.
1: actually. Yeah. Um, and, and, and because we share so many customers in common, and we actually share the same philosophy, I think, of this is the new world of openness and a product that doesn't talk to other products, that isn't responsive, that doesn't engage, isn't open, isn't going to get very far. And, and we were lucky, I think, that we we, we we saw that we needed to do that. And what's happened is the the, the, the kind of ecosystem that's grown and clustered around that has just been uh, incredible, so we're very lucky.
0: And and presumably it's also gotten easier to find those partners now, has it? Do people come to you? I mean, they do come to you because they can develop against you, but it it actually makes your life easier as well if people
3: Uh, are...
1: Yeah, and and so it was much harder. I mean, I remember, like, nobody, I mean, not nobody, but it took a long time to go from 5 to to 10 to to 50, because of course we probably only had like 4,000 customers in the UK, and so... The currency that we had as a brand, as a, as a kind of community of businesses was much smaller. So why would I integrate with Xero? Because nobody's ever heard of you and nobody's using you. And so every year that we grow and we've added over 100,000 customers uh, in, the, in the last 12 months in Xero, um, and we're benefiting from just more people using Xero, maybe people have heard of Zero. That, that, you know, it's like one of these great network effects the more people you have engaging on the platform the more attractive that becomes and the more people that yeah. it's like and a so, snowball absolutely. effect yeah. and so we definitely see that now uh, but oh we would go for weeks on end and the phone wouldn't ring in the early days because yeah. nobody had heard of you <laughs> now we have, like there's a constant backlog of people building and engaging and, and, and we're just very lucky that that's happened
0: so, I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about the, the existing partner networks, and I've been asking people this morning, what's the most exciting thing you've seen here today? I mean, I imagine that you're the most exciting thing that's happened on the main stage today. But aside from your keynote, um, what's the most exciting thing that, that, that you've seen or the, the trend or the technology that you spotted that you think, yeah, that's going to go somewhere, that's going to be super Yeah, well, important. thank you
1: very much for the compliment about my keynote. It, it was okay. It was okay. Um, do you know what? I think we, one of the things I noticed this morning was, um, I mean, so we're now um, AISP, uh, registered with the uh, FCA. Uh, obviously we've been working with all all of the, the big banks in the UK for the last ten years. The old fashioned way, you know, like kind of steam powered banking <laughs> integration. You know, not quite Somebody like, actually
0: sits there and puts the wires yeah, in the belts, you know, like, yeah. like one
1: stage on from like faxing bank statements. <laughs> um, not quite as bad as that. But we we've been doing it for a while. And it's been hard, and we've been investing quite a lot of time and effort and doing them sequentially, and every bank's different, and every, every kind of uh, bank's appetite and ability to, to innovate is different. But what's been really helpful for us is obviously with open banking um, coming in in the last uh, few months, it's kind of like everybody else has woken up to the need to be open, certainly in the financial services industry. We've seen obviously a huge spate of new entrants in the last few years, and mentioned a few of those names earlier. And that's given us a great opportunity to kind of like uprate and improve what was the way that the banking industry in the UK could only work, which was steam powered. Now it's digital and we've we've launched our Bank BankFeeds API, which we think is the first of its kind um, uh, in the UK, uh, if not one of the first. And I think, you know, we, we just spoke about the explosion of innovation we had around app development because of our core accounting API. And we, as I said this morning, if we can even achieve half the success on our banking and financial services API strategy um, that we have with our core app strategy, then I think we see a huge explosion. And many of them, as I say, are here. Um, But it's still early days. I think you could argue that, that, that... How many many new banks will emerge in in the UK? How many new money transfer products and payment services products will emerge in the UK? Uh, I don't think think that community is going to shrink. It's only going to go one way. Uh, And therefore, the fact that we've now tooled up and kind of upgraded our ability to engage with many more of those players uh, makes me feel really optimistic about that. So that's what I'm excited about.
0: So just to, just to be clear, that bank feeds API and that allows any new bank to, to connect to you. Is that how it works? What, how, how does it work?
1: Uh, so pretty much the same way as our, our um, app developer API. And so we have a kind of published uh, API with a, whole, a number of um, calls and requests that you can engage, whether you're a payments provider or whether you're a bank or whether you're some other kind of alternate lender. And it's really just a kind of one of the beauties of an API is that you, it just cuts out a whole load of custom development, and everybody builds to the same standard, and we can bring products to market much more quickly. Therefore, we we I think we'll see an acceleration in the number of established banks as well as the new players engaging with that zero community, which is now the largest community of of, of small businesses on accounting software in the UK. But I think, um, like, this network effect snowball thing, I think we'll see an, uh, a rapid in- increase in that. in that So we've just launched it, and we've already got, like, six on the platform at the beginning. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know... Great.
0: So, having watched it, um, you know, having watched the problems people have with banks, and then you know all the innovation you're doing, would you ever go down the route of doing some of those banking services yourself, or are you happy to sit at the centre of this ecosystem and let other people?
1: Right now, it's not. It's not something we would we would have in our plan. Um,
0: I know somebody will be very disappointed to hear that. No, I spoke to a lady in New uh, Zealand but, but who was. But, yeah, you
1: know, it. But, but you know what? I think I think my kind of like smarty-pants answer to that one is like, what is a bank in five years anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think. This traditional, like, are you guys going to become a bank? Are well, they doing
0: all the services a bank does anyway. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or, or, I mean, so you've got Starling, you've got Tide, you've got Coconut, and you can do invoicing and in their banking apps. You can do expenses management. Does that mean they're going to become accounting software? I, I, I don't know, but I think there is definitely a convergence. And, and at the moment, what that means is. Uh, we have no aspirations to become a traditional or even a uh, kind of, uh, new, new bank. But I think we're really interested in where the innovation, where there's a shared customer, so there's a customer of HSBC or a customer of Tide or Starling or whoever it is, and they're also on zero. Yes. then what we are most interested in is how can we just make them, how we blow their mind about how easy that world can be? And, um, and so who knows what a bank will be in five or ten years? Who knows what an accounting software brand will be in five or ten years? There's definitely convergence. But I think that's the world we're in now. I think we're in this open world where we're just going to have to learn to bump into each other a yeah. bit more and be cool with and that. And get on with each other a bit Absolutely. more.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I know you're a very busy man. Um, and are you sticking around for, for the party later I will be I've, yes I will I'm be. very much looking forward to it so. yeah
1: there uh, might be face painting I heard
0: <gasps> face painting yeah oh, believe God. it or not done thank you so much see you later thank you so I'm here with friend of the show Caroline Plum, who is the CEO and co-founder of Fluidly. How are I'm you I'm really well thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a great day right? Oh my
2: goodness amazing. Yeah really fantastic. So much energy here as well. Yeah always such a great vibe. Always such a great kind of um, yeah dynamism to the whole place. And um, you've got some great news, I hear. We have, yes, and we're delighted that we closed our Series A funding round uh, this week. £5 million led by a US venture capital firm, so we're really thrilled. And we're going to use it all to expand our product, expand engineering, data science, and really build out the ultimate... Cash flow forecasting and management app. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's much needed because I've spoken to a lot of
0: accountants today, and they all say, "Oh, there's a, you know, there's lots of things going on out there, but we really need some help with cash flow." So,
2: yeah, and it's not just accountants; it's this one main issue that small business owners are sleepless over. So, and our mission is to really solve that pain. So, we know that cash flow is the most important criteria for a business, where it's it's the line between success and failure, and it's also the key area that accountants can deliver advisory services on. And really, what Fluidly is building is the first automated um, cash flow processing system that allows you to actually use the data that's already in the accounting package to go from what's going to happen into the future to so what and now what what can I do about it I mean that's something we've heard quite a lot about today as well is this idea of accountants moving
0: what they do into a more um, advisory advisory role I guess and is that something that you know you're, you're positioning yourself to help them with
2: Yes, very much so. I mean, I think accountants have always been brilliant advisors. You know, the kind of shoulder to cry on, the person you go to when you're worried about your money. You go help, you know, someone on my team, it's really lonely running a business. And I think accountants, it's one of the few people that's kind of on your side and looking after you. So I think it's really an extension of that service. Um, but particularly around the areas that they know best, which is you know financial management, forecasting, planning, budgeting, you know that's all the area that we can help accountants deliver on.
0: Brilliant. and um, and that's not the only thing you've got going on because you were you were pitching this morning, were you not?
2: That's right. So we were also finalists in the Nesta Open Up challenge, which is the open banking challenge. Uh, it's really about helping transform SME finances by using banking data. So for us, um, using accounting data, banking data for that financial future, is you know what we're all about and so yeah fingers crossed for nesta so <laughs> when did when do we find out when I we think it's be the beginning of december okay well fingers crossed for you. pounds so it's uh, just just to add to your winning. pity <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's an interesting point
0: right we hear a lot about open banking and how good it's going to be for consumers but um i guess it has the
2: potential to transform life uh, for smb financial services as well right it does i, I think it might be a sort of lower transformation it's not going to be kind of an overnight (laughs) success i think we've all seen that but i think the ability to unlock that data is really important for smes i think there are you know there are elements open banking that makes it harder still for businesses you know multi-authentication journey um, you know this turnover criteria cap at six and a half million currently but i think what we'll see with kind of psd2 is the ability to lift some of those things the apis are improving all the time and you know it's going to head in the right direction It's it's, it's
0: all all helpful, right, to building that ecosystem.
2: Absolutely. I think this sense of trying to unlock data, whether that's in the cloud accounting platforms, whether that's in bank accounts, whether that's in CRM, I think what you're seeing is more and more data in the systems of records being unlocked. And that's why we think, you know, the last 20 years of software have really been about systems of record, you know, keeping data about a business, whether it's about its people or whether it's about its finances or about its customers in CRM systems and accounting systems. The next 20 years of software are going to be about systems of intelligence that take all the data from the systems of record and do something meaningful with it. And that's really the space that Pnerdly sits.
0: So, um, you know, great, great guns for you to, so great space for you to grow into. Yeah. Um, what, else, so, you know, what else do you think that you'd like to see? So Zero is obviously, you know, it's, 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 its platform and its partners is ever expanding. Do you think that there is space for more other financial services in there as well? You know, the importance of kind of adding in, um, connecting what you do, say, to, to, to loans and to credit and all that kind of thing. Do you think there's, there's still more space for that to grow there? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, look, the space, SMEs have been underserved for so long. I mean, they've really been this unloved segment when it comes to lots of large businesses. And I think Xero really showed the way in what you can do when you show love to yeah. you know to SMEs. And I think that so much more can be built around how SMEs think about finance, how they manage their finance, how they optimize it. You know, I hate seeing people take really, really expensive or, or wrong financial solutions for them or their business. And I think really having... Um, more transparency, more education, more insight around money helps people make the right decisions that are best for them.
0: And that gets back to the advisory piece as well, doesn't it? Like, what, what is the best loan for me? And the more data you have at your fingertips, then the better you can recommend that, right? So. Yeah,
2: and I think, I mean, I don't know how accountants would feel about being financial advisors in terms of kind of credit or loans, but I think that ability to help businesses really understand what it is that they want... You know, are they looking to grow? What are their personal aspirations for the business? What is it that keeps them up at night? Because most businesses are built to drive brilliant customers for the products that they really love and love. So what are they really trying to achieve? And it's almost that human interpretation of where are they trying to get to and how do we help them achieve that financially that I think accountants are particularly brilliant at.
0: And that that is interesting because we've, as well a few people today, have been talking about, you know, all this technology, all this um, automation that's coming into the cash flow and the accountancy space. But actually what that leaves room for is the human touch. And, and small businesses actually need that more than consumers in some way. They need that human advisory piece. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I think we see it as very much human plus machine. Yeah. It's not human versus machine. It's more about kind of, and when we think about artificial intelligence, actually one of the things we talk about is augmented intelligence. So how do you take what you've got already and augment it? Sort of like superheroes, extra powers. Extra powers. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: So, you know, we've we just talked about your, your raise. You've talked, given us a little bit of an insight into what's you know, coming next. Is, there, is, is, is that your main focus right now? Is that growth or is there a next level to the
2: product maybe that, that's coming? You know, is there anything you can tell me? Oh my goodness, we have so much on our roadmap. <laughs> it is unbelievable. I mean, the focus really is about Ultimately our mission is about helping businesses sleep better and so taking away that pain and that stress around cash flow. So it's all going to be um, areas that help them understand what's coming in their financial future, the ability to trade scenarios around that, to understand what those different scenarios mean. And to actually um, take insights from the data and tell you, can you make payroll? Can you make VAT? You know, where is your expenditure going up that it really shouldn't be? Um, what is going to be the, you know, coming up for your financial future and how do you optimise against it? So we've got an awful lot to do. Well, when you launch them, do let us know and come back and tell us all about them. Well, I would love to. Thank you so much. So I'm
0: here with Christoph, who is the CEO and co-founder of Iwaka. How are you doing today, Christoph?
3: I'm doing really, really, really well. It's a pleasure to be here at ZeoCon.
0: Uh, have you seen anything this morning, or have you not had a chance to, to get in and see any panels?
3: I've seen a lot of people coming here, a lot of accountants um, that all have <laughs> their own story, and um, <laughs> it's great sort of to have someone like Zero to really bring everyone together and um, share kind of um, the the latest and um, and greatest in the in the market to help small businesses with their day-to-day work.
0: So, um, whilst we're on, you know, the latest and greatest in helping small businesses, what is I Walker? What do you do, um, and how do
3: you help small businesses? So I set the company up um, some seven years ago and um, I really wanted to make a difference uh, by providing much, much needed capital to the hundreds of thousands of small businesses that are really not served that well by the banks. And uh, we've come a long way. We've funded more than 20,000 so far and are still growing at uh, more than 100% per year. And are really starting to fill that void that the banks have left.
0: So do you just operate in the UK or do you operate across Europe?
3: Our main market is the, is the UK, that's where, where I started the company and where we, we have sort of advanced most, um, but we're also operating in, uh, in Germany and, um, and are growing there equally fast.
0: And so um, we're here at ZeroCon, and you're obviously a, a partner of Zero. Um, how important do you think it is that somebody like Zero builds an ecosystem for small businesses? So is it you know both both for the small businesses to have one point of contact to go to, and for yeah. you as a company, how important is it to have kind of that that big partner behind you?
3: I think it's incredibly important um, because small businesses are. Um, they need so many services that they don't even know that they might be useful um, for them. So being part of an ecosystem and having access to these services in, um, in a direct way curated by, by a great company is incredibly helpful. We have seen this um, working really, really well for the likes of eBay and Amazon that also created a massive ecosystem around them to help small businesses sell through these platforms. And um, I think Xero is a much larger extension of this because obviously it touches the entire small business space, not just the vertical in in e-commerce. And I believe that um, that's absolutely vital and will help all of the small businesses to increase their productivity, give them time back, give them more insights to make make, um, uh, more often better better decisions and through the likes of us also get immediate um, access to capital to help them size the opportunities that, you know, always come along in a small business.
0: So do you think that access to capital is still a pain point for small businesses? Yes, it's been absolutely. talked about it for a long time,
3: but it's still... Absolutely. It's, um, I started a company seven years ago, and ever since, um, the, the amount that is lent to small businesses has contracted. Huh. Despite um, you know, consumers and, and corporates... Um, borrowing record amounts of money, the actual amount outstanding to small businesses is lower today than it was seven years ago. And that sort of just shows you, no, um, you know, we have not actually gotten there that small businesses have the access to capital that they need. And, you know, I'm proud that we have made a difference to the 20,000, but, you know, there are hundreds of thousands that we haven't reached yet and that I think can do very well um, by by investing in their business and, um, and, and sizing the opportunities that they have. So there's there's still a great opportunity
0: for for companies like yourself out there. Um, what uh, what else is what is missing, do you think? So particularly with um, you know open banking coming into play, there's obviously opportunities for other services to develop. Is there anything else that you think, um, either based on open banking or or not, that that would really help um, boost the small business ecosystem?
3: So I think we're 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 really kind of at a, a very 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 interesting point in time because. The insights that that someone like Xero can provide by using the data that customers have on their platform in a a way that hasn't been done before and giving sort of access to capital to companies like us is sheer not, has not been the case in the past. So over the next five to ten years you will see all of these services flourish and become normal for a small business to use rather than sort of pioneering. And, and I think that will unleash a huge um, boost in productivity that, um, you know, particularly looking at the UK, is structurally a, a problem. Productivity growth has been low. And um, these are the type of initiatives that can really um, take a lot of time away from admin tasks of small businesses and redeploy that time in value-adding and, um, and, and growth initiatives that, um, that they'd much rather spend their time on yeah. than uh, keying in invoices.
4: Yeah,
5: so I, mean, I think,
3: I think you know, it's really starting now that the services um, are big enough, developed enough to make a difference. And so I think the next five years will be really, really, really interesting.
0: And you think that they will be driven by somebody like Zero rather than by, than by the banks?
3: I definitely think that Zero is uh, way ahead of the curve relative um, to the banks that have all sorts of other issues that they have to take care of, which are very unrelated to the fortunes of small businesses. And so having someone like Zero with the entire ecosystems that we are part of, really putting the small business first in everything that we do, is uh, very, very, very hard for the banks um, to match. They'll get better too because, you know, competition is a good thing. But, um, but I think the innovation will come out of the likes of Xero um, you know, and its, its large um, um, partner, partner base.
0: So what's um, next for Walker? Do you have anything on the horizon?
3: So over the, the past year, we have been uh, uh, very busy. In, um, <laughs> you know, not only did we double in terms of size and in terms of staff, we have now nearly 250 people in our offices. Uh, wow. So that's been a great experience um, to see that, um, so many accountants have, have um, come to us um, to, to learn about um, how we can provide financing to their clients through the Xero platform. So that's been a tremendous experience from our, uh, from our point of view. And we have started to enlarge the product offering that we, that we can offer um, small businesses. So In the past, um, we have been offering a, an overdraft-like um, facility, a credit line that um, people can use to manage their working capital requirements in a very, very, very flexible way. And um, we've listened to all the feedback that we got from customers that, you know, sometimes they're looking for an investment loan, of course, to make a longer-term investment. And so our product wasn't wasn't interesting to them. So we have added now a second product, which is a long-term investment loan, which enables them um, to do these longer-term investments. And now, you know, we can serve kind of um, really the vast majority of um, any any needs that they have from a financing perspective, whether that's a very, very flexible um, facility to manage short-term working capital requirements or make a long-term investment. And that's been um, that's been a lot of work on our end. And, you know, we still have a lot to do, but the, um, the, the response has been really, really positive.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Christoph. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Um, and thank you for giving us your time.
3: Thank you for thank having you. me. Have a great day. Thank
0: I'm here with Jonathan Barham, who is the co-founder and CEO of Raiden. How are you today?
6: Yeah, really good. Great to be here.
0: And so um, what is it that makes you guys stand out?
6: I think, I mean, we were one of the very early adopters. We've been zero partners for eight years. So that actually helped us at the start, being early adopters, being pace setters, We're in the book. <laughs> um, and um, that definitely helped. And initially, there's that kind of wow factor of being able to show people a new way of doing things. Um, but I think now it's uh, very much as the theme is today it's about being human it's using the technology not to replace but to assist you know technology is there it's a tool to help us realize our human aspirations and the human aspirations of the businesses we work with and so for us you know we now deliver a daily bookkeeping service for everyone and that just buys us the time to have more interaction more communication more discussions
0: It's really interesting because I I looked at your website before before I met you today, and you're a very technology focused firm. Um, But you still—it's interesting because when you look at some of the consumer fintech out there and consumer tech, it tends to be taking trying to get rid of that human interaction. But actually, it seems to me that small businesses need more, if anything, human interaction. Would you agree with that?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think um, you know humans, business owners—they they don't want accounts, they don't want tax returns, they don't want lists of data. They have, as I say, kind of human aspirations. They start a business because they want to do something they love, or they want more spare time, or they want a, a work-life balance, or whatever you want to call it. And so, I, th- I think our job isn't to provide the the accounts, the tax. That's kind of a byproduct. Really, is about helping people realise what it is they really want, and that's a human thing. It's not a technology thing. But you need the technology, I think, to buy yourself the time to get those discussions in.
0: So you use the technology to do all the the admin and the automation and then you can sit down and actually, I suppose, advise your clients more or give them, guide them more?
6: Yeah, exactly. Advice. You know, most of the questions we get from clients are things like, have I got enough money? Will I have enough money to pay my tax bill? The the question I kind of love getting from clients is really kind of down to earth on. People come in, we'll have a whole meeting at the end of it. They'll go, do you think I'm doing a good job? And that's what, you know, business owners really care about and and that's what we're trying to help them achieve. And I
0: suppose it can be, um, I actually was speaking to somebody the other day, it can be quite lonely being a business owner and actually having somebody who you can go to who knows a bit about your business and actually can be like, yeah, mate, you're doing fine, is is a really nice thing to have. And you as an accountant now have the time to, to deliver that. Um, so one of the things that, that I suppose helps to do that is that I noticed you have partnerships with quite a few, a few other fintechs. So you, you work with Fluidly, you work with Receipt Bank. How did that sort of come about? Did you go out and, and find them or did they come to you? you know, how do you build that kind of ecosystem of partners?
6: Yeah, I think you know, we, we get a lot of people who come to us. Um, and I think with, with anything, you know, sometimes when you get people coming to you, it's hard to actually engage because you're not in the right frame of mind. I'd say with pretty much all of those guys you've mentioned, we met them at a the XeroCon. I think Receipt Bank, we, we met four or five years ago at XeroCon. I mentioned to you just before we started this that we work with the profitable firm as our marketing agency. We met them at XeroCon about three years ago, uh, fluidly launched at XeroCon last year, and, and we, I think we were possibly the first partner to sign up with them at XeroCon. And it's because you get, again, that human time of being here in a room with them, able to actually have a chat, get to know who they are and what they want to do, not just look at screenshots of yeah, the technology, that's, I think, where you build the relationship and we get to work out who we want to partner with.
0: Um, and the other thing that I've been talking to people about today is um, open banking and open APIs. So, um, I mean, as I said a couple of times, uh, consumers seem to get the best deal so far. A lot of the attention and innovation has been focused on uh, products for, for, for retail customers, for consumers. Do you think that there's an opportunity there for small business customers as well? Do you think that that could uh, really change the way that the ecosystem works?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, small business is such a huge part of our economy. I guess the consumer side is possibly easier to market to. But I think maybe it's just an understanding thing. I think you have to think about the fact that actually small businesses are consumers as well. It's probably not as big a difference as some of the kind of the companies, the banks, the fintechs think. And actually, they can use the same strategies for both because what you tend to find is, people will adopt a bit of consumer technology and wish they had it in their business and so i I think actually there's probably less of a difference than than some people people realize yeah
0: um and so you know what's what's next for you guys what are you what are you looking you know looking to the future what's what's next on on for
7: the
6: um i I think for us it's continuing to drive kind of client first so we've done a really big project this year on kind of rebuilding how we onboard clients making sure they're they're much more informed in the process of what happens and I think that's that's key to us for everything we're doing now it's just kind of reimagining all the different processes we have at the moment and how can we keep the client better informed so they've got a a better experience they're more engaged in what we're doing And and in that, we want to start delivering kind of more events, live video, stuff like that, that just drives an experience and an engagement with them because the technology now is automating so much of the day-to-day stuff. It's got to, we've got to change that experience for our clients.
0: Do you think the technology, as you said earlier, you know, do you think it's opening up um, a gap, as you said, for human engagement? You know, you, you now have more time to spend with your clients. Do you think there's other opportunities you can take advantage of now you have that time? Is there, some, is there anything you can build on there now, now you've got some time back yourselves?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is that. It, it's about reimagining the process. How can we get clients more engaged and involved? We kind of talk a lot about wanting to be educators, not just advisors. So, yes, we want to advise people, we want to answer their questions, we want to help them realise their goals. But we also want to impart a bit of knowledge, actually, so that they can do some of that themselves. Obviously, not wanting to cut into our margins too much, but obviously, the more successful our clients are, the more successful we are. And so I think giving away bits of knowledge, bits of insight, and helping them to grow and do things better, it actually helps us. The more efficient they are, the more efficient we can be, and it's kind of a circle then.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Sean Kelly. We are here at ZeroCon 18 How are you today, Sean? I'm good, thank you. Enjoying it so far? <laughs> um, it's still quite early, but I think there's a lot more of the day to go. Um, so can you start off by telling us, we haven't had you in the podcast
7: before, so can you tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and why you're here at XeroCon today? Uh, yep, sure. Um... So I'm Sean Kelly. We're a firm of accountants based in Sutton Coalfield. The uh, firm is called Inform Accounting. Uh, this is our... Oh, how many Zero-Cons have there been now? Fifth or sixth. We've been to all of them. Um, you get a loyalty
0: card at this point, right? Yeah, I should get
7: discount, shouldn't <laughs> I? Where's my discount so I can bring the whole team instead of a few of them? Um, yeah, so we come to 0 Con every year. Um, it's great for engagement of the staff and learning about all the new sort of releases, updates, any news they've got going on. And it's a great opportunity to go around and meet all the app marketplace. So we were just talking a little bit about some exciting things that are happening here at Xero. Uh, One of the announcements is that
0: Starlink has just announced um, a bank feed with with Xero. Um, You said that's particularly exciting for some of your clients. Can you explain why Uh, that might be?
7: Yeah, getting bank accounts open for clients is a complete nightmare. The traditional high street banks can take weeks and weeks. I mean, the direct feeds are amazing when you can get them. They are getting an awful lot better in Xero, quicker, less uh, sort of compliance and hoops to jump through to get them set up in the first place but something like Starling having a direct bank feed is really exciting news and I was actually looking at this because I needed to open a second bank account and I was having a look at Revolut and Starling and things and they're so quick to open so for clients and small businesses who just want to get going and are happy you've still got the issue of a bit of nervousness about online banks and stuff but for the clients who are happy with all that it's it's really really good yeah so um, so
0: what do you so what are the biggest pain points that you see for small businesses that sort of you're hoping to solve? Because you said you like being here and seeing all the exhibitors yeah. and different kind of solutions. What, what are some of the pain points, the biggest pain points that your clients have?
7: Yeah, it's it's autom- automating stuff really, getting data to us. So there's lots and lots of um, ways of getting data, there's lots of products. From very early on we adopted Xero. It was, I think I put my first client onto Zero, we adopted Receipt Bank at the same time. Receipt Bank takes away the pain of getting all the paper to us. You've got HubDoc come on board with Zero now. That's really exciting. Um, but there's problems with things like, I don't know, credit card statements. They don't seem to be part of what the banks give you as okay. a bank feed. We're looking for something where we can automate collecting the credit card data. Um, it's an opportunity for the staff to come. We've highlighted a few of the things we want them to look for before we've left yeah. the office. And they've got to scout and go around all the upstands now and see if we can find a solution for a few of the things we're having issues with.
0: Yeah. So one of the big, the big questions we're asking people today. And I'm, I'm hoping that nobody's going to say no when I ask this question. But, you know, how important is it to your clients that Zero starts building out that portfolio of financial services that can be accessed through Zero? So the more oh, the more massive. things.
7: Connect. It just makes it easier. Because, I mean, what, one of the things I was thinking when... Uh, on one of the first presentations, it got me sort of drifting, daydreaming on a subject. And um, one of the issues we still have, even with the lending, is that they look into zero, take all the information, which is fabulous. We haven't got to send loads of reports. But then you still have to send maybe three months' bank statements as a PDF as well. Now, to me, if you've got a live bank feed going into zero, your bank statements are all there. Why can't we get to the point of actually... That is good enough for the lenders. That that's the bank statement. Yeah. And if yeah. we've got all this open banking and it's those, these live feeds, that should be the right data. Yeah. So why can't the credit cards feed straight in as well? And yeah, you I mean, know, there's an awful lot more to do there that can make things even slicker. So we're getting there. Yeah, just, there's yeah. more to be done. Yeah, yeah. So uh,
0: one of the things that I know you're working on quite closely in partnership with yeah. Zero is the HMRC's Making Tax Digital initiative. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
7: Yeah, so making tax digital, it's going to come to all clients who are over the VAT threshold from next April. I've uh, been doing a lot of work to get ready for this and we're part of the beta program with Zero. And I think the beauty for us as a practice is uh, we've got over 500 clients on Xero and They are all on Xero already, so going on the beta programme, it's a natural extension. We haven't got to wait till next April when a lot of accountants will be having a complete panic (laughs) and trying to digitally file everything for their clients and finding new processes, new software. We're all completely ready for that because we've worked with Xero. They've now got their solution ready and we're chomping at the bit ready to test it. So our clients are actually going to have a very seamless experience of making tax digital hitting them. Brilliant.
0: So they don't actually have to do anything if they're already they using it to zero, do anything. Yeah, we've,
7: we've, uh, we've either got clients who know they're on zero and know that we're sorting yeah. it because we've advised them and talked to them about it. We've sent out a bit of a mailer. Um, zero helped with that of you're all going to be compliant. Uh, and then you've got the kind of clients where they're more traditional. They do turn up with a box of receipts, <laughs> which get whisked through receipt bank. They end up in zero and they're also compliant. So I think making Tax Digital is going to be a big hurdle for a lot of businesses um, and a lot of practices but for us it's just a different way of submitting data, ready to go. We just need to make sure it works, which I'm sure it does, and that's the point of the beta. So, talking about zero um,
0: and the, you know, the the, the benefits that having additional financial services built into zero, what what is missing, do you think? Is there something that you would really like that, that yeah, is coming I down the line? A,
7: a key a key area for me, or a pain point for me, as a business owner, I, I actually do my own bookkeeping in zero just to make sure I'm keeping up to date yeah. on like how to use it and stuff. And I think one frustration for me is that you've got. Every everything in zero, you've run your payroll, you've got all your purchase invoices to pay yet I still have to log into the bank, mess around putting pin codes in to set up a new supplier and setting up payments and setting up all the payrolls. It'd be such a big win if with all the banking changes that are coming we can be automating that and batching them up in zero and pushing pay and that'd be a fabulous service for us then to offer to clients so it's using open banking yeah. using the payment initiation apis yeah. and they would just go pay and it's yeah. done really looking forward to that sort of thing and that's an add-on service we can sell to clients then because whilst we do a bit of payment service it, it is a concern with the fraud the emails that you can get in and this will take take the pain away yeah take the pain away yes yeah perfect yeah. OK, well, thank you so much for joining me, Sian.
0: Um I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope you find what you're looking for out there on the exhibit hall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here with Alexis Pren, who is the CEO and co-founder of Receipt Bank. We're here at ZeroCon. How are you doing today, Alexis?
8: I'm uh, delighted to be here. Delighted to be here with you and delighted to be here at ZeroCon.
0: Brilliant. So, I mean, can you um, give me a little bit of an overview for our listeners who don't know what Receipt Bank is? What, what do you do? What pain points do you solve for small businesses? Okay, so, so,
8: from day one, well, almost from day one, we have been the, the global leader in bookkeeping productivity. Which sounds fascinating. And I can see, Sarah, as an aficionado of this industry, that you're already on the edge of, literally, on the edge of your seats. <laughs> um, but no, we fell into uh, bookkeeping productivity by, uh, by accident way back in 2011. And we just simply allow uh, bookkeepers to do what they do just a lot, lot quicker. So initially, it was about data extraction, increasingly uh, from receipts, guess what, and invoices, credit notes, and all that kind of the costs of a business. And increasingly now, it's more about actually where, where in the general ledger those documents actually go. So a typical receipt bank customer would uh, benefit from productivity to the tune of around about three, four, five times. And so we like to say just t- take Fridays off. It's nice. basically code, code for what it's all about. So that's what we do. We are the global leader in bookkeeping productivity. We are Zero's number one add-on, have been for, oh gosh, a long, long time, and most reviewed and more uh, Xero customers use Receipt Bank than, I think, all of the other apps combined. It's something truly extraordinary. I'm probably a little bit out of date, but we are truly at the very heart of the Xero ecosystem.
7: So
0: on that note, how important is it that um, Xero continues to build out that platform of partners? You know, when we're looking at some of the um, potential financial services products that could be be built out from that, is that key to sort of helping that ecosystem thrive? Other financial services products on top of it. So you do bookkeeping, but you know, and you work well with Zero. How about payments or credit, feeding those to the platform
8: as well? Um, you know, in terms of uh, m- pulling things together, simplifying it, streamlining it. Um, you know, inevitably, the world that we live in is connected and increasingly connected. Um, and so, anything that Zero can do to to make their own platform more seamless is is bound to be good for the end customer.
0: So as somebody who spends a lot of time um, in and around this ecosystem, what's most exciting to you? What kind of innovations are you seeing, either out there on the exhibit hall or, you know, generally um, in the airwaves for helping small businesses?
8: Um, At the end of the day, it's it's about the lifestyle. I mean, for me, uh, uh, the most exciting things are when people say, I took Fridays off. The most exciting things... uh, uh, someone saying, uh, "You know what? I, I, I couldn't five years ago. I couldn't have imagined I could have built the business that I have, and I couldn't have done it without Receipt Bank and and zero. I, I couldn't have done it without getting rid of all the paper paperwork, uh, which is ultimately what we what we take care of. And so we couldn't have done that. So ultimately, that all of this is very interesting, and technology on its own is fine, but it's what people choose to do with it, and people do the most extraordinary things. They're not. This is not a." Well, do this, get that. It's very much people using their own imagination as to how they want to live their lives. One, one of my favourite receipt bank partners, she likes to go fishing with her husband, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's <laughs> um, what she likes to do. Yeah. That's her thing. That's their thing. And we have enabled, unexpectedly enabled, uh, that by giving her the time Getting and giving, her time her, and I indeed think. giving her the flexibility to work from wherever. So the ability to work from. Italy, my favourite story is um, my wife's accountant five, six years ago uh, um, today she is a huge receipt bank advocate, um, she and her husband now spend the middle week of every month in Italy, in their house in Italy they might be working, they might not be working but so flexibility I, it just, uh, I met someone last night they, they, they have a house in, in Spain they like to work in the summer, they go to Spain and they, they can take their work with them and we enable that, so that's at the end of the day, um, we can get excited about capabilities. But at the end of the day, I think it's about the lifestyle choices that people choose to make. That's the bit that excites me at any rate, Sarah.
0: Well, absolutely. And uh, as you're saying, as a small business owner, that's what you want back, your, your yep. life back, your time back. So um, what's what's next for Receipt Bank? Is there anything exciting coming down the line? Is there anything you want to give us an insight into? Or is it just a case of bolstering the business you have and, and making sure that all your customers have that lifestyle that they want and keeping helping them doing that?
8: Um, it's tempting It's tempting to want to look at new and new shiny things. And I think one of the challenges that I, I have as a chief executive and indeed as a founder is that we that we continue to, to pick up and play with the new things and at the same time continue to polish the old. Because at the end of the day, the, the capabilities that people actually use every day, if they can get those better and better and better, we can save a, a, lot, a lot of time and, dare I say it, make it just a little bit more effortless, which ultimately is what our goal is, that Technology seems to demand you do a lot of work. Seems to demand time. Seems to demand you spend a lot of time staring at a computer screen. And our challenge is really to find ways so that that becomes just a little bit effortless, and you can start to do a little bit more meaningful things. Perhaps genuinely just talking to your clients. There's an eccentric idea. Whoever thought of such a, who, who thought of such a thing? So, uh, in, in truth, there are. We define our our future based on. Translating the productivity that we give to bookkeepers and accountants uh, into something that we can deliver for small business owners. Um, internally, we, think, we talk about helpfulness, not selling people things, not, but just helpfulness. And um, you're going to ask me, what does that look like? I have absolutely no idea. But our roadmap for the next five years is basically to turn the productivity that we've built for bookkeepers and accountants, many of whom are obviously uh, here today. Into translate that into something that they can make uh, relevant for their clients and their practice.
0: Brilliant. Well, um, you know, as a community of small businesses here, I'm sure everybody needs a helping hand every now and again, so
8: (laughs) why not? (laughs) Well, I'm not sure it's necessarily a helping hand. It's just part of your everyday, rather like having your own personal butler um, to deliver your slippers, to deliver your coffee, to deliver whatever it happens to be that is part of your everyday routine. It's just really catering. It's not to say that you need a helping hand. Up, no, It's really no. a part of your everyday experience. Making your life
0: easier. Yes, How to exactly. make my, make my life easier, and if you can do that, why? I then think it's very helpful. Relevant. When
8: I look up on a map and it says it will take you 37 minutes to get there, like that That's was really beautiful. useful. <laughs> yeah, very helpful.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Sarah. you so much for giving us your time, Pleasure. and I hope you have a brilliant rest of the day here. Sarah, thank you very much.
8: Thank
0: indeed. you. I'm here with Will farnell founder of farnell Clark. How are you today?
9: I'm very good. Enjoying the conference.
0: Are you enjoying Xerocon?
9: Absolutely. Some great announcements this morning.
0: What was your favourite announcement of this morning? I didn't get to see anything you see. So. No,
9: uh, the, I think the, the acquisition um, of Instafiles. So we don't quite know what it means yet. Yep. But uh, the bit that's always been missing for, uh, for accountancy firms is, is cloud-based compliance products for filing accounts and tax. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that becomes part of the Xero the offering. So um, automating
0: the compliance reporting?
9: And it's that challenge of we do all this great stuff on cloud and then generally we have to revert to desktop to do the final bit in the process. So actually having, having that online and integrated with Zero is going to be really interesting to see where that goes.
0: Brilliant. Um, and I, I love a bit of reg tech, so <laughs> that's, that's kind of my bag. Um, so, and, and you're also on stage this afternoon, I understand. Is uh, that tomorrow, correct? Afternoon. tomorrow afternoon. So yes. what are you going to be talking about on stage?
9: Uh, so I'm working with uh, Soldo on that. And uh, we're talking about the topic is why our clients deserve daily bookkeeping and how to deliver it profitably. (laughs) So it's, uh, as you can tell, a fantastic, fascinating subject. Anything to do with bookkeeping is obviously going to blow people's minds. But uh, um, we're talking about how we can use technology and process and people to deliver that really effectively and really profitably.
0: So can you give us a quick overview of of who Soldo are and and kind of what they do?
9: Yeah, so Soldo uh, are uh, smart expense management um, prepaid cards uh, that now has uh, direct integration with Zero through uh, the Open Banking API. Uh, so they're up on uh, on the screen this morning as one of the uh, the first. I think it was six, five or six um, uh, partners to use the new Open Banking API. Interestingly, they're, they're the only one that isn't really in the out and out banking space. So that was really good that we were able to do that. Um, and they're announcing some really interesting. Uh, offerings for the accountant channel um, at the event in terms of really competitive pricing and great technology and tools to help us really the talk tomorrow is about bookkeeping and the bits that we we've historically had missing our credit card statements and and staff expenses so what soldo does is it lets us kind of add those last two pieces to the jigsaw um, by giving us that data on a daily basis
0: so, um, so that's really interesting because I spoke to a couple of people this morning who were saying that the missing piece is credit card expenses. So it sounds like it's going to be quite quite groundbreaking what they're doing. I,
9: I think it is. It, um, it the, the bank feed technology we've had is is great with direct feeds for for your core current accounts, but credit cards has always been that little bit trickier to get the data, and it's also the bit that's really difficult to get the data from clients as well. So if we can give our clients soldo cards. Not only does it help us, but it helps our clients manage the way their staff spend money. Uh, so the way the system works is you can set spend limits and you can set uh, restrictions on spend categories. Um, so it gives control over, uh, over how staff incur expenses while they're, they're out uh, on, on business. And the nice thing really from the staff point of view is that uh, they've no longer got to fund it out of their own pocket or on their own personal cards because we can we can give them give them credit cards so we're really excited about the opportunity to roll that out to our client base
0: and um and, and you just talk there a little bit about open banking as well and how um household are utilizing those apis do you think open banking is going to be something of a game changer in this space as well with this because we hear quite a lot about the consumer side and how yes. consumers are going to benefit but um you don't hear so much about small businesses and i'd be interested to hear you know your your thoughts on that
9: I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting space and, and Edward Burks has probably the best job uh, in the world at the moment in terms of being right at the heart of, of all of this that's going on. We've had lots of conversations recently about the uh, kind of disintermediation of the banking relationships and accountants are really, really well placed to kind of step in and fill that void that the the, the, the main high street banks have left by pulling client manager or account managers out of the process and putting it centralized so we have a great opportunity to to pick up those relationships and support our our clients in terms of raising money um uh, building so it's a more better. the advisory
0: side of things rather than the sort of because accountants traditionally i suppose have done quite a lot of you know the bookkeeping and the papers and the number crunching but is this yeah. moving more into the we're going to help you do things that you need to do and do them better
9: i think we have to do more with 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 the client relationships we have. Certain areas talk about compliance is dying. Compliance isn't dying. It's never going to die. It's fundamentally important to what we do as accountants. But what is happening is it's getting smarter. It's getting more automated. We are seeing downward pressure on on fees because of that. So what we want to be doing is, is using things like bookkeeping to deliver much closer relationships with our clients We get the opportunities to talk to them more regularly, understand their pain points, ask the right questions that open up the opportunity for advisory-led conversations. Um, And that can be anything from introducing them to a bank that's going to give them a better service or helping them raise money or uh, think about how they can change the way they market what what they do. Um, So there's a massive opportunity for us.
0: And so, with, with you know, with that in mind, and with this kind of, I suppose, as you said, your you know, the, the accountants are well positioned to fill this gap that's kind of opening up in the market. What are you most excited about? I know uh, I spoke to a few people this morning, and they come here and they look around all the technologies to see you know what, what might fill the gap that they have, their need for their clients. What is there anything in particular you're looking for here, or is there a sort of a technology or a solution that you're most excited about?
9: I, I think uh, generally the way I. Prior to Zerocom, my, my view was that the, the innovation within the core platforms is kind of plateauing a little bit. Um, we've seen the big strides forward in, in the technology that we get as a core platform. We're getting great innovation from some of the app partners, but it's now time for the accounting firms to look at themselves and say, how do we, how do we drive innovation by utilising the tech that is now available for us? So I think it's almost... We've got to kind of start looking inwards and say, how can we build processes and uh, um, use the stuff that's out there readily available in a market to just do more for our clients and deliver a better experience for our clients.
0: So accounting tech. (laughs) Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I hope the session tomorrow goes very well. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of our interviewees. Some great insights about the fantastic work they're doing. Now it's time for the Fintech Insider live show, including some amazing guests and some even more amazingly bad jokes. Enjoy.
10: Hello and welcome to Fintech Insider. This week, live from ZeroCon 2018 at the Excel Centre in lovely London. My name is David Breer. And I'm Sarah Kachansky. How are you guys doing? That sounds Pretty good, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah? Yeah. all right. That was a good like first time as well, guys. Well done, like uh, very responsive audience. That's good. Um, for everybody listening at home, this is end of day one at XeroCon and it's been a bit of a big one, hasn't it? Oh god, it's been epic. And and of course, the, the best is obviously yet to come with what we're doing here here now. Uh, it looks like the bar is definitely open for everybody. Has everybody got a drink? <laughs> okay well this is going to be fun like towards the bottom of that drink I think it's going to get a lot funner for everybody you guys and us quite frankly But um, and um, we are either sort of ending the first day or starting the after party which one do you think it is?
0: I think we're starting the after party because there's booze out, there's great snacks out. Um, So we're going to get things kicked off. So we're going to start off by recapping the top announcements from across the conference today. And then we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into the topics they cover. And we're going to have some fantastic guests on the stage alongside us. But before we get there, we have to talk about the reason we're here today. So there are 5.7 million small businesses in the UK with over 1,000 new ones started every day um, for which accountants are actually now seen as the key advisor. So they are far outstripping other contenders on trust. I've spoken to several accountants today. I know this to be true. Um, Also usage, um, you know, up above and beyond lawyers, bank managers and IT consultants. 90% of zero customers connect to an accountant and these zero accountants now advise 2 million businesses in the UK. So they're kind of a big deal, right? Um, not only that, but as fintech is moving more and more into SMB banking and SMB finance, accountants are going to be playing a huge role in shaping what these services look like going forward. It
10: does. And we've got a lot to go through today, haven't we, actually, with all of the announcements and everything that's gone through. But we, we kind of can't do this alone. Um, before we get started, we want to introduce some of our very special guests. Um, so please welcome to the stage, representing 0 we've got Kerry Goman. Let's have some clapping. Kerry is the global platform lead at Zero and representing the accountants. We have Becca McClaw, who is the director of operations at oh, BDO.
0: Becca's got her team in. <laughs> so um, welcome to the show, ladies. Um, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about what you guys do? Do you want to start, Kerry, as Becca is busy waitressing for the evening? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Just keep throwing it in there. It's fine.
11: So, uh, listen at zero, uh, my role is really to facilitate um, our platform, and what that means is we have the core of what we do is putting together small business owners in and their financial lives, so bringing together. Uh, banks, with government, with financial service applications, and most importantly, with the advisors that help make small business owners successful. Uh, my new role is really focusing in on three areas that go well beyond the boundaries of accounting um, and really enable all the players on the ecosystem to be successful. So thinking about how to enable financial services. So how do we really participate and go deep in deep partnership with Um, with folks, banks, and our financial technology partners to help businesses get paid faster, uh, to help drive credit, um, and help more uh, small business owners get the support that they need. Um, Also thinking about our marketplace. So how do we help all the partners that sit on our platform be more successful and grow as we solve needs for small business owners? Uh, And then finally, all the data that flows in and out of our system, how do we really put that to work for small business owners and their accounting partners? So a lot of great stuff. Not not a small role then. No, no, that's a step. And uh, Becca, other than
12: being an expert one for her, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Um, so I work for BDO Drive, which is BDO's offering for SME businesses. My boring job title is Director of Operations. Um, my cooler job title is Chief Disruptor because um, I like to challenge everything that we do. Um, yeah, and basically I just... Try to make, make shit happen for, uh, for so that accountants can do their job. Brilliant!
0: We have to get you a sticker if you haven't already got one. Um, one of our make shit happen stickers. Oh really? We will get you one for your laptop, <laughs> and then you can just march into meetings with it. Um, so, Kerry, we're gonna we, basically this is we're at a conference. It's a conference full of accountants. But it does not feel like a conference full of accountants. Um, it's, it's it's got an amazing vibe. Um, you know, there's so much energy. Everybody I've spoken to is is super enthusiastic. I mean, what, what's this show about for you? For zero?
11: Yeah, listen. For zero, this is about getting together our community. This is about getting together the change agents in our market. These are accountants that are changing the game. They're not just collecting data and doing the basics anymore. They're advising small business owners. They're changing the entire industry. Um, we also bring together the community of app partners that are tech Uh, forward uh, companies and banks, so thinking about financial technology providers, others in the small business ecosystem, and the most progressive banks out there. We all spend time together learning and talking about how we can change the industry and have a tremendous amount of fun along the way. We're all friends and partners, and we're all enrolled in this idea of helping small business owners be successful. And the group has a ton of energy. It's fun. It's way more akin to um, a tech conference, maybe even at sometimes a rock and roll concert. We'll see how tonight goes. I will share, like, it's been a tremendous conference. I have a few stats to share with you from the conference. Do you mind? Please do. These are, like, very official. I wrote them down in everything. Um, so we've had 3,000, over 3,000 attendees, which is incredible.
10: That's impressive.
11: It is. And by the way, this is a worldwide conference. Uh, worldwide, we've had close to 10,000 accountants, fintech providers, banks come together all across the world who are the most forward-thinking uh, folks in their um, in their field. Um, we also have about 44% of those folks that are women. Woo! I hear you. Everybody, good?
0: For somebody who attends a lot of finance conferences, that's an amazing stat. an
11: amazing stat, yeah. Um, We have served something like, uh, we're going to serve something like 12,000 meals, 10,000 cups of amazing coffee provided by one of our small business owners, two grassy knolls and 30 hedges. I'll let your listeners try to figure that out. The stage is as big as seven double-decker buses, and then finally, my favorite, 164 miles of lighting, which would essentially cover the distance between London and the Leeds of Yorkshire, which I understand as an American, I'm pronouncing entirely incorrectly. <laughs> That's you were close. Close enough, right? Yeah, yeah. close. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for agreeing to join us this, uh, this evening, ladies. Um, but now let's get on with the show.
10: Sounds good. Okay, for this first segment, we want to talk about something that a lot of people in this conference seem to think is really, really important, which is kind of an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, And this is bank feeds. Um, I think that's been one of the things that have been sort of on the the tip of many people's tongue. Um, And whether... Well, really, who better to join us to come and get involved in this conversation than two resident experts in banking, open banking, and everything, all APIs. So please welcome to the stage now a friend of the show, Megan Kaywood, who is the Chief Platform Officer at Starling Bank. Hello.
5: Hello.
10: Welcome. Uh, and we also have Oliver Prill, who is the new CEO at Tide. Come on, Oliver.
0: Um. So... Today at ZeroCon, Zero made a number of announcements around bank feeds. Um, so they've released their own bank feed API. Um, apparently, and I've got a stat here, uh, Kerry can, can correct me if it's wrong, that seven out of 10 customers say bank feeds are Zero's most important feature. Um, so I'm going to let Kerry start answering this whilst they're doing drinks. But from a Zero perspective, what is a bank feed, and and why is it so important? Why are customers so keen to have it?
11: Yeah, so your stat is dead on, um, and the reason it's so important is because bank feeds are really the foundation of cloud-based accounting. It provides a way to get data inside of the system, um, and we like to call it, I know this is sort of uh, high integrity accounting, this idea that you know exactly where the data came from, it's real time, and the most important part of, of bank feeds is account rec- bank reconciliation, making sure that in the system it's connecting into the right spot in the chart of accounts, uh, and that the data is accurate and flowing in the way that it should. Um, and we love um, the fact that we can provide business owners with an easy way to get their financial picture, an easy way to do account reconciliation, um, and we're able to do do things now with artificial intelligence, like predict 90% of the time how um, how a, a bank feed coming in will reconcile into the chart of accounts. That saves accountants incredible amounts of time, but it's the very basic, the most important part of accounting working well.
0: So, Becca, do you want to add to that? I mean, you, you work with these small businesses on a, on a regular basis, and, you know, you're, you're sitting sort of almost on the other side. They're taking in the feed, I, I suppose. Um, you know, do, what are your thoughts on it?
12: Um, I think it's key, really, for the um, well, from a t- two points of view. For, from the small business, that it allows us, as accountants, to be able to provide them far more real-time advice because the data is going straight in. We can reconcile things. We're not waiting till the bank statement comes out to then upload it and reconcile it. It's all live there, and that that means they've got real-time information that they can make decisions on. The other part of it that's really important is it allows the accountants, um, it saves them loads of admin, so it allows us to actually concentrate on what um, small businesses want us to do, which is provide um, business advice. Um, so, I mean, but bank
0: feeds have existed for a while, but um, you're now sort of taking advantage of open banking and the, and the open API route. Is, is that correct? And, um, you know, what,
11: is that, does that make more sense for you to do it that way? Yeah, listen, we're excited about open banking and bank feeds um, for a number of different reasons. Um, I know a lot today as we've talked about open banking, we've talked about the idea that consumers now have ownership of their data, um, which is awesome, and it'll empower innovation across the ecosystem. We are definitely going to take advantage of open banking because it allows us to standardize the way we work, so it simplifies our life at zero, Uh, but the reality is the mandate so far has been for the top-tier banks, so we'll definitely take advantage there, but in many cases where we have direct relationships, we're able to pull more data than just open banking, which is really powerful. And of course, because it'll take time to reach the whole ecosystem, it's important that we keep those bank feeds going, continue to make sure we have nice coverage, and over time, it'll really open up the market. I'd also add that coming from America, it's worth noting that the UK is taking the lead on this thinking globally. Um, and we're going to learn a ton about the innovation that unlocks and how it really changes the game for small business owners um, in the future. And we can already see other countries beginning to adopt, like Australia. But we're quite excited about it.
10: it. It is amazing that actually we've seen globally the impact of the things that are happening both in Europe and the UK. But um, yep. I, I feel like there's a, like a challenger bank loving session over here, kind of going on <laughs> to a certain degree. So, what are your guys' thoughts? Obviously, uh, you know, Megan, you've been you know real sort of active in the the sort of open banking space, but how far do you think we've actually come since January?
5: Yeah, so I think that this demonstrates one of the key elements, which is the kind of seamless connection and secure um, way that customers can now share data between their banks and other key providers, such as accounting software, which is critical for businesses. Um, for myself, I used to actually work at 0 pre-Starling, and I remember Rod telling the story about... Um, starting up Zero, one of the main pain points that people had was bank reconciliation. And people would say, you know, they would rather have a root canal than do bank rec, and they do it like once a year. And then after Zero made it so simple, they would be doing it daily. So for us, we had that same feedback from Starlink customers saying, I don't want to do some sort of manual file upload. Like, I just want this to be, like, real-time, automatic. I want to be able to connect it with the touch of a button. And so it just makes sense. So with the bank feeds API, when we plugged into that, it's something that we've had huge amounts of positive kind of um, reflection from our customers with because it's enabling that seamless connectivity that people just expect now.
10: What about you, Oliver? Obviously, you guys have been doing at Tide. You've been doing a lot with, with APIs. And uh, both of you have kind of announced today that it seems like a, a good time to talk about the announcement.
13: Absolutely. So uh, just one little interesting stat. It takes now 19 seconds to connect your Tide account to the to zero. So it's actually really fast and highly usable. But maybe coming back to the question you've asked. So Tide, you know... We've gone through quite a journey, and we are now have 1% market share. So, one in 100 SMEs in the UK now bank with Tide. Most of them are primary accounts, and the important thing to realise is that SMEs have very different needs. So, while we, I completely agree with uh, Kerry, APIs in a way are enabler, right? I think you called it the basic infrastructure. It's really for for challengers like ourselves to think through what are the different use cases that different SMEs need. So we have a basic one that goes live that basically pushes the transactions. And, you know, you can do exactly as Carrie says. However, at Tide, you can already classify all your payments. And so we will give an option that you can actually real-time not only classify them in-app, it will automatically cl- uh, preset your accounting and you can choose to push that through. You can already today on Tide basically, you know, take a copy of your receipt and attach it to a payment. Why not push that through? We will be able to do that with the new bank, um, bank API. So, and I think this is also the bigger answer, I think, to your question about open banking versus the bank feed that um, API that uh, Zero has created. Open banking is very standard. It only allows certain things to be done. The API that Xero has, and I'm sure it will get developed further, is very rich, and it is for us, right, as challengers, to really think through what are the use cases that can take maximum advantage. I mean, there are business owners that just want to classify it in app and it to go through, and there are others, um, you know, that uh, you know want a more basic version of that.
0: So, so some of these use cases, what, what are we talking here, guys? Like, give us some examples.
5: Yeah. Well, I think probably to his point, what's really important to note is that open APIs and the power of the API economy does not need to be regulated in order to be successful and effective, because what we're doing is actually far beyond the requirements suggested by this regulation. So when Starlink built out a full set of open APIs, it was actually with the intent of mirroring all of our internal functionality externally. And so there's so many use cases beyond what the regulation permits. So compliance is an innovation. It's just a starting point. And I think it's great that they're opening up these APIs in order to enable things like a new way of integrating between the CMA 9 and accounting software to enable account aggregation functionality. And that's super exciting. But I think the true power of APIs actually goes far beyond just the minimum requirements of of the the legislation we see today.
10: I think that's a really interesting point, because like you say, it's, it's taken the regulation to get the really big organizations to, to start that momentum, but, but arguably you guys are, are kind of now leading where that standard actually goes, like you say, going far beyond it. Where do you sort of see this going? Because there's, there's so much opportunity, and obviously with what you guys in Starling have been doing on the retail space, you're no stranger to sort of marketplaces, and obviously you yeah. used to work at Zero as well, so you're no stranger to marketplaces, yeah. but where do you see this going?
5: Yeah, so from my perspective, the APIs are, on the one hand, the retail APIs, so third parties can integrate into their products. So from read-only account data up to instructing payments via the API. But then when we actually manifested this full set of APIs, what we found is a lot more use cases than we originally predicted. So on the one hand, there's banks and fintechs and other companies who want to access payment schemes through our APIs. So as a fully licensed bank, we can directly plug into faster payments and backs, and everyone in this ecosystem who needs access has to go through one of those main points. So for us, being a tech-based bank, it's really easy to quickly and inexpensively grant that access. But then others who want to manifest banking features from creating an account direct debits, direct tech credits, and all these other features, we can make that available via an API as well. So I think the true platform is there's the power on the retail side for third parties to integrate. There's the power then from just opening up that infrastructure and then on the other side, it's about the fintech APIs, because it's how do we make these third parties available for customers? So at Starling, it's about how do we take best-in-class savings and investments and mortgages and insurance and accounting and make that available and visible for customers inside the app? So I think there's many use cases beyond just kind of the five standard examples given by the CMA, though that is
11: a good starting point.
0: And, and Kerry, you were nodding along there. Is that, is that what you envisage people using your, your
11: APIs? Is that what, you know what you see them leading to? Exactly you know, the world is now a set of connected ecosystems. So Starling has their ecosystem, we've got an ecosystem that's relevant, Tide has their ecosystem and their solves, and putting those pieces together are what really drives the next level of performance. And when you think about what is a platform, a fundamental definition of a platform is a place where you're sharing data, you're sharing um, content, and others are innovating in ways you hadn't expected. When we started Zero, I'm sure Rod had this vision, uh, but probably. Uh, but what we experienced was that there was innovation happening on the platform that we never could have imagined, and solutions being created for small business owners and accountants that we couldn't have anticipated, and that's the real definition of a platform, and that's what the world's going to look like, a set of connected ecosystems working together to drive success for small business owners.
5: 100%, and just to build on that, I think one of the interesting things is that a community of developers can innovate better and faster than any one company alone. Absolutely. So half the beauty of having open, open APIs is we don't have a monopoly on good ideas. That's and right. so now these other third parties can build these amazing services we hadn't even dreamed about from within Starling Bank.
0: Well, Thank you so much, guys. I'm actually going to have to wrap up that first part of the show. I know it goes so quick. Um, Thank you so much to our guests, Megan Kaywood and Oliver Prill. Um, Megan, where can people find out more about you if they don't already know where to find you?
5: Um, Twitter at Megan Kaywood, or you can find us um, at StarlingBank.com if you want to know more about Starling.
0: Perfect. And Oliver, how about you? I
13: would say (laughs) Tide.co.
0: Perfect. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Let's have a big round of applause and a cheer for these guys. Feel free to take your drinks with you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Oliver and, and Megan um, provided us with, with such great insight, and APIs and bank feeds are, are super interesting and a really deep topic um, that everyone's been going into today. But people have been hearing about them all day, and it can be a little bit heavy. So we're going to lighten the mood. Um, I really hope you're ready for this, because this is going to be, like, cringeworthy. But we want you, our lovely accounting audience, to get involved. And you have to be prepared to laugh at yourselves. Okay, we're not going to pick any one person, but you have to be prepared to take a joke.
10: Please. Well, and it's not just laugh at yourselves. It's actually laugh at what we're going to be saying now. So I I kind of feel very much like the dad at the Christmas table telling jokes coming out of a cracker on this one. And believe me, some of these jokes are pretty much the same quality, quite frankly, right?
0: But if you shout out the answer, the correct answer first, and our producers hear you, you will get a free T-shirt. Okay? So audience participation along the lines of free T-shirts, as modelled by me.
10: It's definitely not. It's not requested. It's definitely mandatory. At it's this mandatory. Stage type Thing. I, I'll just be be sad. All right. The first one of these. So why do accountants make good lovers? They do it on a spreadsheet. Who was it who said that? Put your hand up, sir.
0: It's not the right answer, but it, it's not probably the right, worth a T-shirt. It is, yeah.
10: I think it's better than the right answer. So the right answer to why do accountants make good lovers is they're great with figures. But I, I honestly, um, I think that guy, give, yeah, give, give that, that man that guy a T-shirt. And yeah. down there
0: in the glasses, that gentleman.
10: All right. Uh, second up we here we have, so what do you call an accountant without a spreadsheet?
12: Lost. Somebody say Lost useless yeah, yeah.
10: That, that that that's pretty close so the answer is lost so uh, again another t-shirt in the audience you guys are good at these like yeah, it's, down
0: there they've read they've read the notes
10: you, you've honed your skills <laughs> isn't it all right uh third up we have why are accounting departments so welcoming because everybody counts Ah, oh, it's nice oh, i like oh, that I, okay this is uh kind of going into the festive spirit here so how does santa's accountants value his sleigh Nobody. Net present value.
0: That, <laughs> see, see, the accountants actually laughed at that one. <laughs> I know. Like,
10: I, think, I think we've found their level now. So so this one, if I'm honest with you, like I'm not sure I uh, as like millennial group, I'm not sure we get the answer to this one. So uh, what do you call Tom Cruise with a low credit score?
0: Okay, nobody else has seen it either. Oh it's
10: I think this is definitely of a generation. Yeah. Nobody? Okay, this is risky business.
0: I wish we could capture the groans, because yeah, we haven't had we a single did. laugh, but there's some really good groans coming
10: out from Okay, the last audience. one, Okay, last one, guys. Um, what do accountants suffer from that ordinary people don't? What do you say? That, did, did man you say? Got that man got it right. Are you the same guy who got the T-shirt earlier on? Dude, you're, a you're going home with hella swag. The answer was depreciation. That's nice. So, uh, it, this time of year, it's a sad topic, right?
0: <laughs> I was about to say... And on that positive note, I hope you're all <laughs> feeling good about yourselves. Well, it sounds like hopefully people who won T-shirts are feeling good
10: about themselves at least. Um, let's move on to the next part of the show. Okie dokie. Have- so in this section, we're going to be talking about automating payment collection and online card payments acceptance, which is a bit of a mouthful, I have to say.
0: It is, but we've got some great guests who are going to turn it into English for us. So please welcome Pranav Sood, who's the director of international expansion at GoCardless. I hope he's there. There he is. Come on up. And Stuart Gregory, who is head of business at TransferWise. Welcome to the stage, gentlemen. Please help yourself to drinks. Oh, I see Stuart brought his own drink. He came prepared. (laughs) So, um... The, the, the reason we're talking about this today um, is that Xero continues to invest heavily in the ability for customers to automate payment collection, which is actually a really big deal if you're a small business, um, and also to accept a range of card payments online because no business is a business if you can't sell online right now, right? So
10: Very, very true. So, so Carrie, maybe to start us off on this one, um, for those a little bit less familiar with this, can you tell us what the subject matter means?
11: Yeah, I'll start from the customer experience. If I'm a Zero small business and I want to invoice one of my customers Um, We have some options where that customer can pay by card uh, using Stripe. And the advantage to the customer, this gets used, by the way, a lot in the United States because, you know, we use things like checks, I know, Um, and using a credit card means that you can get paid faster and you don't have to pay right away. So that customer doesn't have to pay the small business owner right away and the um, small business owner gets paid uh, right away. So convenient. By the way, that payment mechanism is helping small business owners get paid faster, which makes a big difference in cash flow and the ability to be successful. In fact, today we have this capability live and it's essentially saving uh, small business owners, helping them get paid in half the time. So 20 days faster on average here in the UK. And then if you want to get uh if you wanna take advantage as well, we have the solution with Go Cardless, uh where a small business owner can get paid uh instead of paying by a credit card, they can uh direct debit right out of their account using GoCardless in our system. Also an incredible convenience and helps customers get paid faster. So that's the the difference, credit card versus uh, essentially getting a direct debit right out of the account. So pretty simple.
0: So um now we've done a sort of a quick overview of what this is. I'm going to switch it around and I'm, I'm going to speak to Stuart over here um, because I want to know a little bit more about TransferWise's offering for small businesses because I know that you've announced a few changes to that today. Um, so can we, can we start talking about cross-border payments, please? Because these ladies have talked about the importance of being able to, to accept payments. Um, cross-border payments are obviously a huge deal for you guys.
14: Yeah, I mean, cross-border payments is a huge opportunity Uh, Like small businesses who either have international suppliers, can find international clients, can, you know, the stats show that they can be really successful. But actually, to to do that is really difficult because of cross-border payments. So if you go to your bank, you're trying to make an international transfer, you lose so much in the exchange rate as well as the upfront fee. And and that's very opaque. It's not transparent. And also the payments take days, right, to arrive. Money gets lost along the way. There's receive fees. And so the whole experience of international payments through banks has been very fundamentally broken. Um, And the opportunity that we see at TransferWise is if we can let these small businesses send and receive internationally without that pain, without that cost, then it can really uh, allow them to take their businesses globally.
0: And so we heard today that TransferWise customers will soon have access to a bank feed from zero. Um, What does that mean for your customers and and what impact is that going to have?
14: Yeah, so small businesses can use TransferWise to, to pay overseas invoices, to receive money overseas from clients, to local bank details. And, and the TransferWise model is different because we've got local bank accounts in all the different countries that we operate or, or local payment infrastructure integrations. And, and that means that we can move money faster and cheaper. So a big part of it is how can we make it, it convenient too? And, and that's really where the, the zero feeds come in. We want Businesses who, for example, have a USD account with TransferWise, they're receiving, they're sending in USD. They want that to appear in zero as a USD bank account. They want it to be you know, reconciled as, as conveniently as possible. So it was the most requested feature from small businesses at TransferWise was a zero integration. And wow. we're incredibly <laughs> excited today to have announced it.
0: Woo-woo! That's that, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. I love it.
10: <laughs> Sounds good. Like um, Pranav, thanks for for joining us. Like you guys have probably leveled up the swag in XeroCon, by the way. Like I'm loving the jackets. That's yes. really really impressive.
4: Thanks very much. Uh, and also App of the Year 2018. Big up. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, well, two
10: two accolades right there. That's good. So. <laughs> But um, obviously, in terms of the automation around payments and getting paid quickly, you know, this is a, a really important thing to small businesses trying to manage their cash flow more effectively. So kind of what impact do you see as those late payments doing? And, and how are you guys kind of working to alleviate that problem?
4: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, late payments are, are terrible. They're, they're a nightmare. Everyone knows it. Uh, I could give you heaps and heaps and heaps of statistics that show the impact that they have on the ability to invest and your ability to grow as a business. But I think actually what resonates the most for me is the personal impact. Uh, it's, the, it's the stress, it's the sleepless nights, it's the disturbed holidays. It's all the time worrying about whether you're going to get paid, whether your business is going to be viable next month or, or next year. Um, I actually, I think the, the stat that resonated the most with me was um, we just did some research and we found that I think 41% of SMBs are more worried about late payments than they are about Brexit. Uh, and given the, given the uh, delicate nature of our negotiations at the moment, I think that's saying, uh, saying something about how important it is. Is, is that because we,
10: we understand the impact of late payments, but we've got no fucking idea what Brexit means? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. So, so um, I, I guess why do accountants feature so heavily in terms of the, the stuff that you guys are doing right now? Uh, do you
4: mean apart from their devastating good looks and dry wit? <laughs> what well, you charmer, you. That's impressive. <laughs> um, no, listen, I mean, accountants... Have, cash flow is a huge problem for SMPs. Uh And if an accountant can solve cash flow for their clients, that is a gigantic win that allows them to focus on the, the value-added, the interesting stuff that they really want to go and spend their time on. Uh, and so for us, if we can give accountants access to that kind of quick win, then, you know, that's brilliant. I, I think the other thing is that... Um, we sometimes forget that accountants are small business owners too. Uh, And, you know, accountants who are worrying about collecting their own fees, about transitioning to value-based pricing, you know, we actually offer them a tool that can help them to power their own businesses. So actually at XeroCon this year, we've also just announced our new partner program. Uh, So special discounts, training, support for accountants, uh, just because they are so important to how we we go to market and how we, we do business.
10: And that, that partnership's now global, is that correct?
4: Yeah, uh, that is absolutely correct. That's actually my day job. So we, uh, we've just launched in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, it is going like an absolute rocket ship. We've already got, I think, 200 accountants collecting their fees and then a couple of, oh, actually several hundred more SMBs on top of that. And we've only really been going for about six weeks. Uh, so super exciting. And, and Canada, the US to come in the, in the very near future as well. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. So, what, what do we think? Like,
10: how do we see the future of this space playing out? Because you know, automation is one thing, but the, the feels like there's a lot of opportunity. And with the growth that you've seen, it feels like this is
4: clearly something that people want. Yeah, I think massively. I think anything that you can give a small business owner that gives them the time and the space to focus on what they're doing best is going to be something that they value. Uh, and so for us, you know, our aim is to take the pain out of getting paid so that small business owners can focus on what they actually care about. Uh, I haven't met too many small business owners whose passion is late payments or payments in general. I have met a lot who are interested in chocolate making or wine or whatever it is that gets them going. And, and our mission is to give them the time and the space to do just that. I think, I think that's a real, ship is seen as such an amazing,
10: you know, kind of standing on the front of a ship and being excited about it thing. But actually, it's to your point, it's pretty much terrifying on a day-to-day basis, the thousand things you're trying to figure out and the thousand things you're carrying in your head. So, um, actually, anything that can simplify that process and make it easier definitely is a, is a big win. Stuart, how do you see this, this space kind
14: of uh, playing out? Yeah, I, mean, I think if you look at international payments, like they aren't going to cost three percent. They're not going to cost ten pounds a payment, and they're not going to take two or three days. Like, definitely, the, the trend is towards instant international payments. International payments that are nearly free. There's no reason it should cost so much to essentially send ones and zeros, right? Like around the world. So, I definitely think that that trend's coming, and and we're excited about that because that's going to enable uh, small businesses around the world to do trade way more globally.
10: And I think that'll mean everything, right? You know, the amount of businesses that go out of business because of the inability to actually plan forward and see these things actually happening. And, you know, somebody paying late can happen for various different reasons, but having all of these different uh, processes in place to stop that cash flow problem becoming the death of your business is is a huge thing, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I think the key that, that we've all agreed on here is it's all about choice. It's all about having the options to pay as and when you want and to receive money as and when you want. Um, so that actually concludes the second part of our show. We are racing through wow, time here today. Hey? Um, thank you so much to our guests. Where can people find out more about you? So, Pranav, can people find you on Twitter?
4: Uh, at GoCardless or GoCardless.com.
0: Perfect. And how about you, Stuart?
14: Yeah, TransferWise.com. Or, or if you're here at Xerocon, come and find us. Stand over there. Get some free transfers for your clients.
0: Wait, wait, wherever TransferWise are. those are No? They're not hiding. No. <laughs> They've run away. <laughs> All right. Thank you so thank- much, gents. Have a big much, round of, much, of applause. You. Um, so we're going to move on to the final part of the show, and we're going to talk about access to credit and to capital. Um, to talk about this, we have two fantastic CEOs who know what they're talking about in this space. So please welcome Neil Stocker, CEO of Market Invoice, and Hannah Dawson, who is the CEO of Futurely. Hi, guys. Hi. You bought, you bought your own drinks? Do you need a drink, Anil? Are you good? There's
15: no
10: white okay. wine. I don't yeah. want to put any
15: pressure on you.
10: Wonderful. So um, as the, the panel, and, and I'm sure many of the audience know uh, to, today, 85% of small business lending is funded by UK big banks. Um, however, the, the tide on that one is is kind of changing, not wanting to do a pun around tide, but I'm sure the tide guys will appreciate that anyway. Um, so, um, however, with the likes of the... the investment and the the partnership that you guys have done with Barclays, this might start to see the, the tide changing, shall we say?
16: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think there's so many great fintech companies out there doing different types of lending and uh, I think what we've done is, is really got, done a really great big partnership with Barclays which we're announcing today to accountants. Uh, so Barclays will be selling our invoice finance solutions as part of their kind of core lending product uh, to their 1 million small businesses here in the UK and Also, there'll be funding on the platform, so it's the first time that a big bank will be relying on a third-party credit model, our credit model that we've developed over the last five years. So, you know, it's a great referral and funding partnership, and I think one of, you know, the first of many to come. Mm. And and how did that come about? Because that's a, this is... Uh, and obviously, you know, me and you have
10: talked a lot before. But you know, Barclays changing and, and being in that situation where they're they I, I always think the amount of emotional intelligence that's required to believe you don't do everything yourself and everything being perfect and, and partner that's that's a big step.
16: Yeah, I think banks are going through quite a bit of soul searching. So they're thinking about their product set. They're thinking about the customers that they serve. Uh, they're debating whether they should build themselves versus partner with fintechs. And I and I think that you know Barclays have actually been. You know, they're, they're ahead of the game and they're thinking far into the future and they, they recognize what they are today, what they can do and what they could achieve by partnering with fintechs um, and I think you'll see a lot more as we've discussed today a lot more collaboration between the likes of zero the likes of fintechs, the likes of banks um, and that, that coming together of those three main parties could be very powerful.
1: Yeah.
10: And, and Hannah, you guys are spending a lot of time helping small businesses manage, figure out how where their cash flow situation is. Like, how does that fit into the scenario around lending?
15: Yeah, so you know, first step for us has been to try and make sure that small businesses actually have a plan. They really need to work with one. It's amazing how many don't, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's astonishing. And so, you know, we're working really hard. And again, a little award winner today. So partner app of the year, really working with our accountants in the zero sphere to ensure that that is step one. You wouldn't advise your best mate who's about to start a business to not go into business without a plan, would you? So let's ensure that that's step one. But what we've been working on, and we're kind of opening the kimono here a little bit. um, But the last year we've been working on a new platform to really... Really try and drive easy decision making, but also to close the loop because it's really, really important that, it, that you just don't just go, "Hey, you're going to be screwed in three months." You know, let's give them a solution at the same time. So that's absolutely what the platform will do.
10: And and that's a that's a big thing. You know, being in a situation where you're not just you know sorry for your loss at yeah. the scene of the crime. <laughs> you know, the crash has <laughs> taken place, and we're here yeah, to sorry, make. Sorry, bye. Yeah. yeah. So you like not being the ambulance, trying to be the people preventing the the problem happening in the first
15: place. And I think that's the really important thing about the ecosystem that Xero's created, is that when you're talking, Carrie, about joining ecosystems together, it's really important that, you know, we start as a product, we will be a platform with our own ecosystem, and then working together with, you know, other providers, that we can close that loop. It's so important to be that time and place, because small business has not got the resource for the analysts, the in-house CFO, those sorts of things. They're you know, running on a wing in a prayer often and just want to understand, look, this is where I'm going. You've told me. These are the assumptions that I've got. Now I've got a solution for it.
12: Yeah, and you've got the accountant in the middle of that that's trying to Absolutely. build these, all these things together. I think what would be really helpful too for zero. Is um, potentially I think for an accountant it can be quite daunting with all these new sources of funding coming up and it's get, helping the accountant navigate that you've got brilliant tools like Futurely, um that help them understand where, they, you know, help, them help, help the client understand where the, the, um, they might have issues but then it's understanding what might be the best kind of sources of funding, because it's a bit of a minefield and, and potentially, you know, you are discussing it earlier, um, it's still fraught with a bit of risk for us. We can do it, but it's fraught with risk.
11: Yeah, that's a great point, and, and a huge part of what we want to do is help accountants sort through the solutions and understand which ones make sense for each small business owner. I also just wanted to take this moment to say we've now all adopted my hand motion. Ha- hand gesture is back. Yes, we love it's the hand back. Motion. It's the ecosystem. It's bank feeds.
0: <laughs> so so um, I'd like to just take a little little step back. So it sounds like you guys are working through this problem and you're coming up with loads of solutions, but we've, we've talked before on FinTech Insider about how actually difficult it is The reason you have to do this is because it's incredibly difficult to access credit or loans if you're a small business from a high street bank. Um, Does anybody have any... any
15: horror stories to tell? Oh yeah, nods at that end. <laughs> no, I actually do. We were bootstrapped until really recently and so, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to turn around and say that actually at one point we looked for a loan, you know, v- very traditional provider. Unfortunately, they don't understand SaaS metrics. They don't understand monthly recurring revenue. They don't understand, you know, if you're not making a profit yet. Go on, na- name them. S- name No, them. I can't. No, okay. <laughs> Still with them. Um, <laughs> but it was really, really difficult. And, you know, it doesn't matter the growth that you're, you're experiencing. They don't understand MRR. It's not it's not part of their, you know, makeup. So that was challenging.
11: And also, I would say, the other thing that's really tough for business owners is there's no... Everything's a bit of a black box. So when you go to a bank, you don't really know... I mean, as if you're a consumer, there are certain ways that you know what your credit score might look like and other things. But as a small business owner... There's no real education out there that tells you these are the things that you need to do. And by the way, you're improving or you're not over time. So. That's the thing as well. Is the credit scores are so out of date. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and there's some your new ways to think about nine
15: months anyway. And then, you know, it's just astonishing.
11: And we definitely want to help them navigate. But it starts with education. It hel- it's about the work that we want to do even to help the banks and financial services understand different data sets, how they can be used, how to be d- predictive in new ways, taking advantage of new technology. And obviously you guys are starting to partner with Barclays and change the game there.
16: Yeah, so I think, so I really think that it's not just about, to your point about confusion. Yes, there's lots of apps out there. There's lots of different solutions. So I don't think it's enough to just, for the likes of Zero to just connect to an app store and show lots of different options. I think finance needs to become more embedded in the software. You almost need to curate the experience. So if you're uploading a big invoice and you're getting paid by Samsung and that's a regular payment, there should be a pop-up that says, hey, we know that this takes a long time and we can pre-approve you and get you finance from market invoice. Or we embed in the financial planning software like, uh, with, that has been built on top of, on, of zero, to say when you're planning your year, you know that you have these demands for cash at certain times. Plan ahead. Be proactive. Don't just do it last minute.
0: And I, th- I think that um, that point about cash flow is actually one that I've heard over and over again today, and, and it seems to be the missing piece somehow from from the the journey that exists at the moment. So um, you know, it's not.
15: It's there. Trust it's there. me. You're there. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was going to. I was going to ask you to explain like how how important it is and how it plugs that gap.
15: Well, it is a bit. So I talk in satnav, right? You know, when you're driving your car, hey, there's a new route; it's faster. Your business today is different from the business in a month, and it, it, you know, from three months, from six months, and so it has to be this you know ever changing beast that you're looking at all the time with your advisor actually and that's the touch point that you have with your accountant to say right okay this is our target for this month how are you going to how are you going to get there
11: yeah and I think that's an important just point about the advisor it's great to see your numbers it's great to have technology that can help you automate the way your business runs it's so critical that you have an advisor to help you take action, to help you figure out what your individual situation and choices should be. No small business owner is the same, so how they interpret the information and what they do with it yeah. is going to be unique, and they need someone to so help them navigate. It's the person to translate it, isn't it? It's, you've, got, you've got all the information, it's overwhelming, and they can
12: translate it. But I do think in that, too, it's helping that advisor. It's really um, mind-boggling being an accountant today. There's so much happening, there's so many apps, there's uh, but they've got to get their head around so much. They've got to become these advisors, and it's helping them through that too. Absolutely.
16: And but I would, I want to just kind of, I guess, one thing that I believe strongly is that. If you're an accountant and you, you know, reconcile the books and you do the year are an account, that's cool, but that's kind of what's expected of you. But if you're an accountant that solves a business's cash flow problem, if you're the difference between a company being able to export to a new market and deliver on their services, hire new people, they will always remember you. Yeah, and definitely. so you have, an, you have an opportunity to really become memorable and leave a legacy on that business. So if you're an accountant, step up and write your legacy.
12: Somebody said to me, one of them, my team said to me, the role of the accountant... Um, Historically has been to kind of help businesses understand their past position. Now it is helping them navigate the future and it's all future orientated and that's, that's what's key. It has to be. I think,
0: I think that's a great place to, to end this third and final part of the show. Um, so thank you so much to Anil and Hannah. Where can people find out more about you? Twitter, LinkedIn, email, what you fancy?
16: So we have a dedicated landing page on our website, MarketInvoice forward slash zero. So that's where you can go and find I think, out. I think we all about, do. About we
15: we yeah. have to, it's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> We're the welcoming committee.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on FinTech Insider. Please give them a huge cheer.
10: Uh, Fantastic, and that actually concludes this very special episode of FinTech Insider Live at Zerocon.
0: So before we all head to the bar and uh, the ZeroCon after party really gets underway, I'm so excited about this, by the way. I wasn't here last year and I've seen the pictures, so I'm I'm really keen to see what's happening this evening. It
10: was epic last year. I think it's like, I think they've outdone themselves for this year as well, so.
0: (laughs) Anticipation is building. It is. Um, So we just want to say thank you one more time to all of our guests. So um, if you guys can like cheer as I say their names, Anil and Hannah, to Pranav and Stuart, to Megan and Oliver, and of course to Kerry and Becca, who have joined us for the the entire show.
10: Uh, and, of course, we really, 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 really should thank our lovely, lovely audience. So, everybody give yourself a round of applause. <laughs>
0: We also have to thank Ed Burks, who's lurking somewhere at the back. Um, Ed,
10: give us a wave. There we go. There he
0: is, arms in the air. To Julian Moore and um, the entire team at Zero. And as usual, thanks to our amazing, amazing media team for bringing all of this together. We couldn't do any of this without them. So let's have a big round of applause for all of those guys as well.
10: Fantastic. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to Fintech Insiders wherever you get your lovely, lovely podcasts. You can follow us on social media and find much more exclusive content on iTunes. We love reviews as well. If you'd like to leave us a review, feel free. Thanks for listening to Fintech Insider. Goodbye.